All right, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with Jason again. Hello, Jason. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Great to talk with you again. Did y'all have a good Easter? Yeah, it was really great, actually. Uh, the weather was nice. It was pretty windy, but, um, you know, we had a, a great time, you know, worshiping online as we've been doing lately. And the new kids video I thought was was fantastic. I've been sharing that with a lot of people, friends and family uh, who aren't associated with the vine necessarily, because uh, I thought that kids video, you know, really hit the nail on the head. Uh, you and whoever else helped you out with that, I think did a great job with that. Thanks. Um, and then afterwards, Thanks. we had a, a great Easter lunch. Uh, my wife, Carrie, is a really good cook, and she made um, a really wonderful Easter lunch. And we even broke out like the nice china and stuff to eat it on. Um, nice. And then we went for a hike and hiked around some trails uh, out back behind uh, UMHB. And uh, there's some uh, recreational area back there and some trails that go through the woods. And we hiked back there and then uh, just kind of hung out in the house and played. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. A, a really good day. You know, we, we're, we've we been getting a lot of family time lately, but yesterday in particular, it was nice to do things with the family. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we we also did did a lot of family time, much more low-key than that, but we um, <laughs> rode bikes and went for a walk and all, all that type of stuff around the neighborhood. And Yeah. Uh, so, very good. All right, well, we're going to get right into Philippians. We're going to be in Philippians 3 today. And we're going to read verses 1 through 14. And I had, I had thought about maybe doing a shorter reading, but every time I, I thought about a place to stop, it was like, well, we can't really stop there. We've got to get to the next part. And so, so we'll read 1 through 14. And, and, you know, we had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Jason uh, and I had both mentioned that the beginning of Philippians 2 was really formative for kind of both of us in our faith and, and the way that we thought about a lot of things. And and I think, though, that, that this part of, of Philippians 3 is maybe, to me, one of the most, at least just interesting portions of this letter. And we see almost an edgier Paul, I think, here in the way that he addresses some things. And um, so we'll get into some of that. But I think this is a, a very interesting part of this letter, and there are some things that that just kind of make me go, hmm, if you want to kind of think about it that way. Mm -hmm. So Philippians 3, 1 through 14, and then we'll get into some discussion about what Paul might might be getting at in some of this. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains for me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. 
What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to come, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so, somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that, I, not that I have already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Uh, okay, and so I want to start right at the beginning of that reading with some, some thoughts here because rejoicing is is a common theme throughout Philippians. There's a lot about joy and, and gladness, but even just specifically that word rejoice. It's one that has shown up already four times in the first two chapters. It's going to show up several times in chapter four. And, and it's this theme that he keeps coming back to about rejoicing, rejoicing over and over again. But here... I was struck by the fact that he says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. And so one of the things that, again, kind of made me go, hmm, or that I was wondering about in reading through this was, I wonder if he wants the emphasis on this particular reference to rejoicing. I wonder if he wants the emphasis to be in the Lord. And because and as he goes through this, a lot of what ends up following this is, is really Paul's frustration and almost disdain for people who are putting their confidence in the flesh, as he said it, and people who probably are still too tied to the law and legalistically following the law as their, their path to righteousness instead of finding that in Christ. And, and that idea of rejoicing in the Lord, to me, I wonder if that sort of frames everything else that, that he's about to, to talk about and, and go through. And it made me think about what are, what are some other things that we rejoice in? And could he be speaking, speaking against maybe a tendency that, that the people that he's going to kind of speak against, do, do they have a tendency to rejoice in the law and, and find, find almost uh, some pleasure in saying that, that you know, maybe if, if, if I'm rejoicing in the law, I'm, I'm better than others, or I can keep the law to, to such a, an extent or do it well enough that I kind of puff myself up and, and feel good about myself and, and rejoice in it in that way. Uh, and so, Jason, I've, I've got some, some other thoughts there that, that maybe we can get into, because I think that, to me, almost permeates through everything else that he's going to talk about in this section. But how, how does that hit you, or what, what do you see there about that idea of rejoicing in the Lord? Well, I think Paul is, um, I, I think he's, he is speaking against, speaking out against, you know, uh, having, well, as this uh, section is often titled in a lot of Bibles, or, or the, the heading is no confidence in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And he's speaking out against this idea that, that 
our salvation comes from our our own self or or not even just our salvation but our value that our worth that there is um that that we should take pride you know a lot of pride in our accomplishments and i think he's calling that out i don't think he's just doing that for um for certain people that he's trying to kind of uh, warn here. I think he's doing it as much for himself as anybody else. I think Paul, if you know, as we read through, um, you know, a lot of what he does in the book of Acts, and as we read through the many letters that that are in the New Testament that he wrote, uh, it's in my opinion, it's clear that Paul very consciously and and knowingly wrestles with his own hubris. And wrestles with this idea that I am, uh, that that I am insufficient. He wrestles with the idea of, you know, I cannot take too much stock in what I'm doing. And I and I read this as much as he's he's speaking to himself. He's calling himself out as much as anybody else. Um, but I think in in regards to, you know, considering it, it, he's he's leaving no uh, doubt as to where our faith should be. Mm-hmm. He, he's trying to be as blunt and direct in this as he possibly can. He's holding up the things that any Jew of his age would have seen as being important. And, and even a Christ-following Jew, uh, a follower of Jesus Christ at that time, would have held as important to, uh, to, to you know, have your faith in. Um, you know, he's circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee, you know, he's throwing out all of these attributes that any person in his day, in his position, would have seen as being critically important to, uh, to your identity and to your importance and to your faithfulness uh, as, as a, as a Jewish person and a person of faith. Um, but then he goes on to say, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. That's like us today saying, you know, I became a CEO of my own company that I founded and my net worth is, you know, X number of millions of dollars, and I have performed all of these charitable acts, and I've given, and I've, you know, created these not-for-profits, it's all a loss. Mm-hmm. None of it matters. None of it really makes me any better. No, None of it brings me closer to Christ. What brings me closer to Christ is Christ himself. Yeah, and, and I, I never really thought of this connection until you were just kind of explaining it that way, that there's almost... A connection between some of the writings of Ecclesiastes to this that that Ecclesiastes kind of has that feel of like I I gained all this stuff I acquired all this stuff and then realized none of it means anything. One of the most <laughs> existentially uh, wrought books of the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but but you kind of get that sense from Paul that he, that he's saying yeah I've 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 attained all of these things. And and I think part of what he's getting at at the end is that I was chasing all of those things as my goal for a while. Oh, yeah. But that's what I thought life was about. And that's why I think that he's he's speaking to himself here, I think, that he is trying to resist the temptation to 
uh, talk about how great of a person he is. Yeah, and I, and I think to me that's that's what connects it to the beginning of that chapter because I am I'm quite sure that Paul would have rejoiced in all those things earlier in his life, that he would have rejoiced in his zealousness, that he would have rejoiced in the fact that he was from the tribe of Benjamin, that right. that he would have rejoiced in in his very successful efforts in persecuting the church. Yeah. Paul was not unknown to the Christians when he kind of enters the scene as an evangelist. They were all scared of him because he'd been putting them in prison and putting him to death. Um, and so he was successful in all those things and, and probably did rejoice in them. And so part of me thinks that's why the kind of edgy side of Paul really comes out when he's talking about circumcision. And, and to me, I think that's why, because almost like Paul sees some of himself in the people who are still doing that. And like you're still rejoicing in the wrong things, and you've got to find a way to let go of that and rejoice in the Lord, not rejoice in your law keeping, not rejoice in in what your resume looks like or your own accomplishments. You've got to you've got to find a way to to leave that and rejoice in the Lord. And and he keeps that that word in keeps coming us because he says rejoice in the Lord, boast in Christ, faith in Christ. All of it is like that, that word in, I think is important that what is your faith in? What are you rejoicing in? What are you boasting in? And I think it also is important as part of that, because what are we rejoicing in? I mean, if we take, if we think about that from a, um, you know, let's just take that to the, to its logical conclusion. What I interpret that to mean is if we're rejoicing only in Christ and not in our own works, not in our own self not in our own accomplishments, um, then we don't have any room for defensiveness. We don't have any room for, uh, for getting our feelings hurt when, when we don't think people are treating us the right way. You know, I, I, I still can't get out of my head that Paul is writing this from prison, mm-hmm. right? He's, he himself is under persecution and he himself is, is under oppression. Yeah. And if we if if our faith entirely is in Christ, then it's really hard for other people to do damage to us because that's not what matters the most. People may uh insult us and people may uh you know not pay us what we might consider to be the proper respect or the due, you know, our due um countenance and if our faith is in Christ that has a much lower impact that has a much lower uh you know a, a much lower offensive quality to it um instead we we are in a better position to you know forgive those people i think that that what paul is talking about here is is a way uh whether or not he intends it like this it's a way to forgive those who harm us and to um you know still be able to love those who persecute us and love and pray for those who you know we might otherwise consider our enemies so i think that there's a a strong implication a to our own joy and our own um kind of uh resiliency uh, but B, 
there's a strong implication to how we interact with other people, specifically people that might that might be problematic for us in one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you used a word earlier that um, kind of connected to verse 7, where, it, you know, in mine, in the NIV, it says, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And and I've, I've heard that described before almost as like a, a ledger sheet or something, and that Paul had all these things that he used to consider profit for him or, you know, gain, things to rejoice in, to use language that, that I've been using. Um, and now it's, 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 it's as if he's saying all that is moved to the loss column right. in, in comparison to, to knowing Christ. And you used the word value earlier, and I, I like that word and kind of a way to think about it in terms of what, what are the things that I value and where do I find worth and where do I find my worth? And, and I think those are, those are good questions to consider. And, and I was reminded... I remember listening to, I think I've referenced this podcast before, but I listened to a, a podcast that is done by two atheists who go through every book of the Bible, which you can break down why two atheists would do that and spend a lot of time just thinking about that. But <laughs> um, but it was interesting to hear some of their takeaways from Paul because they, they saw Paul as being someone of very low self-esteem. Um, because they said Paul is always putting himself down and and talking about you know how terrible he is basically <laughs> um, from their perspective and and what I think you see here is I think you see more of Paul wrestling with some of that that I can see Paul is a very un, if if un, if unchecked by the work of Christ within him I think you can see Paul as someone very arrogant and someone very prideful yeah. and someone who is very confident in his own abilities. But, but like you said, he's continually working to, to push some of that away so that he can find gain in, and humility in Christ. And I, I think you can see that over the course of a lot of his writings. He says, I could be boasting in all these things, and almost as if, and I have, <laughs> but I'm trying to move myself in a different direction. You know, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's funny to, you know, for someone uh, to read the writings of Paul and come to the conclusion that he has low self-esteem, because like you said, I see it the opposite, that he struggles with arrogance and he struggles with pride and he struggles with even overconfidence at times. Yeah. And what may be read as a sign of low self-esteem, I see him as intentionally trying to combat those, those demons, those, those uh, tendencies he has uh, towards a worst version of himself. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of leads us to the last paragraph there that, that I think is, is equally interesting to me. And, and I, well, I guess before we get there, I, I just want to mention quickly, because I've mentioned the edgy, edginess of Paul, and, and I did a whole sermon about this at one point, about some of the words in this section. But a couple of them, that he, you know, he talks about the mutilators of the flesh at the, in verse 2. And he's talking about people who are still holding on to circumcision, basically as a way to obtain righteousness. Right. And he calls them mutilators of the flesh. And again, I don't think you need to flesh that one out, no pun intended, too much to, to get at what he's doing there. <laughs> yeah. and, and the word mutilator there is actually in the Greek really close to the word circumcision. So there's obviously multiple layers of meaning there. 
And, and part of what he's saying there is these people who are still practicing this as a way of obtaining righteousness are not only physically mutilators, which is kind of the connotation there, but they're mutilating the purpose of the law and they're mutilating just God's intent for them and for the law and for faith, really. Um, and he's using very graphic language in order to get that point. Right. And he does the same thing then in, in verse 8 where he says, I consider them garbage, which is uh, it's a watered-down word that, that the NIV chooses there. Other versions say dung or excrement. Um, it's the, in Greek, it's the word skubalon, which is just a great word and a fun word to say. And I know it's a favorite word of, of, uh, of yours as well, Jason, in, in Scripture. Oh, yeah. It's the only time that word is used in all of Scripture. And, and is basically a crass reference to dung or excrement. Yeah, we can think of some modern uh, analogous words to that for sure. Right. And just as we would use some of those words, you know, even just a, a much more PG word like poop, um, just as we would use that word for, for literal poop and for other things that are figuratively poop, so the word scubalon could be used in that way in, in Greek. And and um, so Paul is really wanting us to see with some graphic detail um, just exactly what Christ has done to some of his perspective on things. Um, and so then, as I was getting at earlier, though, that last paragraph, he says, and so I want to get your thoughts on this, Jason, uh, first, specifically for when he says forgetting what is behind, because that, that phrase has kind of stood out to me. And so... He says, not that I have already attained all this. Again, kind of like we're talking about. This is, this is something Paul is continually wrestling, wrestling with himself. Uh, I haven't attained all this uh, or have arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind... And straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Um, so, so I'm wondering, do, do you see connections there to what we've been talking about? And specifically, what do you think he's, he's getting at when he says that he is forgetting what is behind? Yeah, I, I think that this is basically summarizing what we've been talking about. Because, um, I mean, think about where pride come from, comes from, um, as well as shame. You know, think think about it. Both ends of the of the continuum, pride and shame are all reflective. I'm thinking about what has come before. I'm thinking about what I've gone through. I either am taking pride in the things I've done, or the way I've overcome, or my accomplishments, or I am ashamed of the things that I am not, or that I didn't do, or the mistakes that I made, and. Uh, and Paul here is saying we forget, you know, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. So what is ahead is Christ, is being with Christ in heaven. What is ahead is the work that God has still called us to do, the uh, the things yet uh, not done that that we are are called to to fulfill. The dangers that Paul is warning against in the entire book or in the, the entire this entire section and a large part of Philippians as a whole have to do with looking back and saying, well, look at all the great things that I've done. Look at all the wonderful accomplishments I've made. 
or the, you know, look how terrible of a person I am mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't do this or because I didn't do that. And Paul, I think, is calling out that in, in saying, no, you, you, your value is, is in, or your joy should be in Christ and your value is in being a child of God, um, not in the accomplishments and not in your past mistakes. So we forget what is behind and we strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I think that I think that uh, 13 and 14 really summarize this section, you know, much in the way that that we've been talking about it. Yeah, I I think you're right. And I think, you know, and I've mentioned before that Philippians just has a bunch of those um, bumper sticker T-shirt sayings that that we find plastered on a lot of stuff. And I think of them now as like there are a lot of. There are a lot of tweetable lines in in Philippians that that maybe if Paul was on Twitter, some of these would end up being things that he would pull out of Philippians and put on Twitter, or or things that someone would quote from a blog or an article or something and tweet out. Um, right. And and I think that the danger of that sometimes is they can they can become completely disconnected from all of the surrounding context. And I think that that phrase to me is one that I think had had kind of been that way, the forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Um, I think I had just kind of typically thought of that as just something disconnected from everything else here. And and there are applications for that about – because I think I had thought then of kind of forgetting what is behind about forgetting about, you know, sin or mistakes or or things like that that I had done in the past. Um, and and I think there could be an application for that, as you said, about forgetting you know shame and things like that 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 have that have been a part of my life perhaps, but it does seem to be very connected to everything else that's before about kind of as you were saying about forgetting I've I've got to to put all that that I was that I was holding on to that I was rejoicing in I I can't keep holding on to that and instead strain forward. And so I began to wonder, just reading through it this time, if, if he's more speaking to some of those things um, and, and forgetting that, that huge list of, of things that he could put confidence in, if he's speaking more to kind of that list specifically. And, and instead of, of focusing on, on that, I'm forgetting about all of that and, and doing the hard work of, of moving in a different direction, of moving toward Christ instead. Yeah, and, and I think we can go back to the lists that he makes in verses 5 and 6. You know, what is he forgetting? Well, he's forgetting that he was circumcised on the eighth day. That doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. He's forgetting that he's uh, of the people of Israel. That doesn't matter anymore. Of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew among Hebrews. He's forgetting that he's a Pharisee. He's forgetting his persecution of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's forgetting his righteousness based on the law. You know all of those things that that he says. Look, this should this might make me. You know, this gives me reasons to have confidence in my flesh. But this is what I'm forgetting because I have some things that I'm working towards in in a you know that that is still ahead of me. Yeah, and you know, I think I think what that allows not to get us going too in too far of a different direction right before we wrap up here, but. But I think what that allows Paul to do, and I think what it allows us to do if we're able to do that, is it, it allows Paul to use those, those, those things that, that he could boast in. He, he, it allows him to leverage those things for the good of the kingdom. As he says elsewhere, you know, I've, I've become all things to all people. 
So in other words, like when it's beneficial for me in order to reach someone, Paul can pick up this part of his history. Um, you know, when he's speaking to really Jewish people, he can he knows how to speak that language. He can pick up that part of his history and leverage it as he's talking to Jews. Um, and he can kind of pull from these different places in his life where he, he can he can speak with some expertise and, and experience and, and leverage those for good and leverage those for the kingdom. And and kind of going to some stuff that we've talked about before again, like so. So how can I take the, the maybe the places of position of influence um, of advantage that I may have and and use those for the good of the kingdom and the good of, of others, not just the good of myself or to prop myself up? Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a difficult question for us to answer today as well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and hopefully. Paul's words there at the end, at the end, give us some some encouragement and strength that even Paul is saying, "Look, I haven't gotten there either," <laughs> and so this is something we're all just striving for and, and pushing forward in and and trying to figure out. Right. And so, Jason, I'm gonna I'll ask you to close us in, in prayer here in just a second. But I do think I think this this section leaves us with some questions to ask of ourselves: What am I rejoicing in? Where do I find value and worth? Um, and and what is where am I putting my my faith and trust, and and where am I trying to find my righteousness? Lots of sort of inwardly focused questions that we can think about that that dictate how we think about others, how we go about living, and what all that looks like as we as we try to press heavenward, as as Paul has encouraged us to do. Well, Warren, I, I thanks again for this opportunity to talk about these scriptures and. Um, as we close in prayer, uh, I also want to encourage you. I know that you're that you're putting in a lot of work uh, during this time of social isolation, and and on behalf of the church and, and our community, I thank you for the for the work that you're putting in. And you you may not consider that gain, but we certainly do. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Let's pray. God, we are uh, humbled again by this time in our life when we are reminded about how utterly powerless we truly are. Uh, I pray that we may continue to put our faith in you, that we may lean on you in times of sorrow and distress, in loneliness, uh, and, and in, uh, in our anxieties. Lord, I, I pray that we may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of our own that comes from the law, or that comes from our deeds, or how we seem to value ourselves, but that which is through faith in Christ. God, I pray uh, that you will put a comforting hand around those who are suffering and struggling and, and in, in depression or in distress right now. God, I ask that you will give those of us who have the ability the uh, the strength and the courage to uh, to reach out to those in need and to help those in need uh, and God I pray that uh, that you can give us the insight of knowing that what we have done and where we have come from is from you and not of our own doing and that we may forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead allow us and 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 give us the confidence to press towards the goal to win the prize for which you have called us heavenward towards Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.